Hi, this is Jim. And this is Max. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Yeah, you know, it's Flyers after dark. It's a lot more fun when they win uh, the team. Uh, honestly, I'm going to try to take a positive out of this. They sh- they showed some fight in that third period, uh, second game of back-to-backs against a tight-checking uh, Kings team, and they gave themselves a chance to win in the third. Couldn't convert on those power plays. Power plays killed them. All right, we have a good crowd in here now, so uh, I don't see myself going the uh, the 46 minutes we did last night. Uh, I'm going to just try to get through what we need to get through here and then answer uh, answer some of your questions. Hello from Saskatchewan. Are you in Moose Jaw? Are you in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, Daryl? Because that would be awesome. I love Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, uh, only because of a scene in Slapshot. Not that I've ever uh, been to Moose Jaw. Uh, uh, quick was nuts. Quick was. I don't think they tested him enough, especially early. They couldn't. They didn't really get any. Well, they had opportunities to create high danger scoring chances, and for whatever reason, uh, just overpassed. And overpassing is fine sometimes when you make that extra pass, get yourself that open shot. But it just seemed like nobody was willing to pull the trigger tonight, and uh, uh, that was a that hurt them early. Uh, they need to be more assertive in the offensive zone. Uh, the puck moving, puck movement is great, especially against a goalie like Quick. You want him get it. You want to get him moving. Try to try to find the hole in his game because he is a very good goaltender. But it, they just, it, they didn't seem uh, willing to pull the trigger, especially early. I'm gonna bring up a number real quick. Uh, where did those numbers go? I can't find them. Well, whatever it was, the uh, the Flyers put on a ton of pressure in the third. Uh, they outshot they outshot the Kings by uh, quite a bit, but in the first two periods, shots were close to even. Kings had the advantage, but uh, Flyers put pressure on in the third, and they just didn't really seem to have the energy. Uh, maybe not the energy, but. They couldn't get everything to sync, couldn't get everything to click. They came out so fast last night, and everything seemed uh, to be seamless. They had good chemistry early. It, uh, it just They couldn't get it together tonight. The Kings are a very good defensive team. Uh, they, it was a tight checking. Uh, they, they did take away the center of the ice. Flyers couldn't really get to that, uh, to that home plate area. It didn't seem early in this game to really test quick, try to get him off his game. And guys like that, they're, uh, I always think of, uh, the, the upper echelon goaltenders as, uh, like the upper echelon pitchers. Uh, you want to get to them early because if they settle in, if they get into a rhythm, it's, it just becomes a feel thing for them. And, uh, it becomes even harder to score as, uh, as the game goes on. And that was the case tonight. But uh, I want to start with a couple of things, I guess, the uh, the news of the day was Travis Sanheim. Uh, Travis Sanheim got his. Uh, we we got our wish. We got we got we got the 2014 first round pick into the lineup tonight. Um, he struggled early. It was definitely uh, 
it was definitely a learning experience, we'll say, for Sanheim. Uh, he got caught looking on that goal. It seemed uh, they they pointed out in between periods. I think um, I think Al Morgani showed uh, Sanheim picked up uh, Sanheim picked up Lewis and and saw him, but it was too late. He got caught flat footed. The speed at this level uh, is is you're gonna you can't be flat footed. You have to be aware at all times. He just picked him up too late and. Uh, got beat on that backdoor play, and it was it was a beautiful pass. The two goals the Kings scored tonight were both on uh, perfect passes. The uh, the second one late, uh, Carter, I mean, Andrew McDonald. Andrew McDonald played a solid, you know, 58 minutes tonight. By Andrew McDonald's standards, I was saying to Charlie, uh, by Andrew McDonald's standards, if we're going to wait it the way we wait, uh, you know, scoring chances and we wait uh, stats, by a situation, Andrew McDonald played like Nick friggin' Lidstrom for the first like 58 minutes of this game. But then you saw the real Andrew McDonald come out. He's defending a rush and just decides his best his best course of action is to flop like a starfish on the ground. Jeff Carter's a very good player, just dipsy doodle around him like a pylon, put a really nice pass out in front, and that was that. Two nothing. You go home from there. It's they weren't gonna they weren't gonna give up that uh the 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 shutout breaking goal, let alone two at the end of that game. But uh, yeah, let's get to Sandheim. He got, he got caught flat footed on that, uh, that backdoor pass. And then he, uh, he, he added to his, his problems by taking that double minor high sticking penalty. It was just a, it was a rough go for Sandheim. He, he was fighting the puck. It was maybe some nerves, some experience, speed of the game, all those things came into uh, came into play for Travis. But I'll give him credit. In the third period, he did appear to, uh, to settle down a little. He became assertive, got a couple of shots off in the third, uh, really tried to play, stick to playing his game, didn't let it break him. Uh, so that was encouraging. Obviously, you want to see him play well for 60 minutes, but uh, a guy's first game against the Kings out there. He sat last night, got to get his feet under him. Uh, it was encouraging to see him bounce back late in that game and uh, finish strong. I really am hoping, really, really am hoping uh, – Dave Haxtell keeps him in the lineup on Saturday. I think it is the wrong message to pull these guys in and out. I get maybe they want to see Sam Moran on a Saturday against Anaheim. They want to maybe extend this competition a bit. If Moran comes out on Saturday and plays great, there's, a, I guess, a chance we see Sanheim uh, sent down to the Phantoms, and then then we have our seven. They're going to come home and, and go with seven once they're back from this road trip. Uh, so I I guess that's a possibility, but I would love to see uh, Sanheim get another crack at it. I think it sends the wrong message to pull guys out after a bad game or a bad period or two. It's um you need uh, you need you need to let these guys get not only get their feet wet but learn what it is to bounce back. We saw it last year with Tra- with uh, with Ivan Provorov. Young kids are gonna. These aren't Connor McDavid's out here. These are these are prospects who still need to develop, and this is the last stage of their development. The idea of this this patient approach, this slow cooker approach, is fine, 
but you also then have to take the same approach to their NHL career. All right, we want to we want them to dominate. We want them to get through juniors and figure out that level. And then we want them to get to the American League and figure out that level and make sure they have mastered that level. And then they get up here. It's not going to be – you're not going to make that jump from the American League to the NHL and all of a sudden be a great player, especially at 21, 22 years old. It's going to take some time when you've been in this one level of competition for so long. So I want to see Sanheim get another crack at it on Saturday and uh, and have a shot to bounce back. And uh, honestly, the organization say, hey, man, we're not we're not losing sleep over you playing a bad 20 or 40 minutes here. Uh, we know who you are and we have faith in you. And I will credit Dave Haxtell. He made a couple of good in-game lineup decisions tonight. Uh, he kept getting he, – he continued to play Travis Sanheim in the third period. Like I said, he played a strong third period. He seemed to bounce back, and that's a credit to Dave Haxtell. He didn't have that uh, quick hook he seemed to have with Konechny last year, not just in the, uh, you know, the press box patchings, but there were games where all of a sudden, you know, 12 minutes would go by, and you'd be like, is Konechny hurt? Is he on the bench? What's going on here? No, Haxtell's just done with him saying – Guess what? You're gonna you're gonna sit and watch for a little bit. I was happy that uh, Sandheim continued to get some playing time throughout this game. I want to check his uh, final TOI. If this if uh, NHL.com decides to load for me, here we go. Travis Sandheim ended up playing 10:58, so just under 11 minutes. Got his feet wet uh, in this game. Got his first NHL experience. Uh, had some. Absolutely uh, tough uh, learning experiences out there. But, again, I want to see him out there on Saturday, uh, have a chance to redeem himself, have a chance to bounce back and know what it is, honestly, to play two games in three days because that's the NHL life. This is what we're getting. This is what we're grooming them for. If it's all about the future, it's time to say, okay, we're going to deal with the I'm just going to keep calling them learning experiences because that's all they are. We're going to deal with the learning experiences, and uh, we're going to give you another crack at things. But if they want to give Sam Moran a shot, I will fully understand that. Maybe uh, maybe they really just haven't made up their mind yet, and they wanted to extend this competition and this West Coast trip uh, coupled with the ghost injury where they weren't sure if he was going to be able to go or, night on o- go or not on opening night. They wanted to extend this competition, give everyone a chance, and say maybe that was just a perfect storm of, uh, of things to happen for them. And they're just going to go with that. So we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out. I will be back here for the post game again on uh, Saturday. I volunteered for the first three because, hey, I'm up anyway, and I like talking to you guys. You, uh, The high stick, yeah, the Jonathan, the, uh, the high stick that uh, Sanheim took drew blood, so it was a four-minute it was a four-minute high stick, so yeah, it's it's bad luck sometimes that stuff. But you got to keep your stick down. That's just one of those things. I never have any sympathy for stick infractions because your stick should always be on the ice. I honestly believe playing the puck with a high stick should be a penalty. If you want to teach these guys to keep their stick down, you shouldn't play the puck with a high stick either. Let alone uh, you know uh, any of that. I think that should absolutely be a penalty. But that's neither here nor there right now. Can Matt Murray stop a beach ball? That's the other thing about tonight. Hey, yeah, the Flyers lost. They're one and one. Would have liked to see him win. Getting shut out always sucks. But the Penguins lost ten to one tonight after they dropped their uh, they dropped their home opener to the Blues last night. So hey, they the defending champs don't have a win yet. So silver lining, right? Uh, 
Alex, Coots is not first line. Move G back to center and TK on his wing. Can't argue with you on that one. I wanted to give this thing a uh, a shot, but you saw tonight how the lines, uh, you need, you're purposefully detracting from your depth uh, by setting up the lines they w- the way they have. Uh, Konechny is doing all he can in a line with, um, he he doesn't have the right mix of guys. That's what I'll say. That he doesn't have the right mix of guys uh, to play with. Shave that. Not happening, Zach. Uh, not happening. Going to be fat Freddie Mercury for Halloween. So this is going to last at least until Friday the 13th, uh, my Halloween party. So maybe after that. But we'll see. Uh, the Flyers lost. I was going to keep it until they lost. I was really hoping uh, we could get on a winning streak with it, and this would be like a fun thing I could keep going. But we'll see. All right. Uh, another positive from tonight, Michael Neuvert uh, was the worst goalie in hockey last year. That is not uh, hyperbole. He was the worst goalie in hockey last year. Flyers gave him that uh, two-year extension uh, at the trade deadline, I believe. They re-signed him uh, and in spite of that, and he bounced back. We got, uh, we got good Neuvert tonight. Hopefully, uh, this is one of those every other year things, and he can put together a season like he had his first year here in Orange and Black. Uh, the previous, I think, like six years uh, of his career, he'd put up like a 9.15 or so save percentage. I'm cool with that. Uh, he's never going to be a workhorse, a workhorse goaltender. Um, he, he just has he, – he has the injury history. He's just a guy who gets nicked up and has to miss time. Uh, but if he can just be serviceable in a tandem with Brian Elliott, uh, I expect Brian Elliott to get stronger uh, as the season goes on, as he learns the system in front of him, as he learns his the, the defenseman tendencies, everyone gets comfortable with each other. I think they could have a good goalie tandem again. Um, but Neuverth was phenomenal tonight. Uh the uh, the backdoor save he made, I believe, in the first period was just incredible. The glove save he made uh, to rob a goal, keep the game uh, scoreless, was absolutely great. Uh, the two goals that went in on him were, I mean, unstoppable. Uh, odd man rush goals with uh, guys breaking to the net, basically undefended. Uh, there was very little he could do about those. He made some incredible saves, some very timely saves. Uh, he made saves with traffic all around him, fighting uh, fighting to keep the puck. And it was, uh, it was a very good game from Michael Neuvert, so that was encouraging. If he can just be the guy he was two years ago with this team, uh, they, will, they will be much better off. Uh, all right, 15 minutes, talk consecutively. Uh, they will be much better off. Um, if Neuvert is the guy he was two years ago where they can just get consistency out of him. Again, you know he's going to miss time. You know he's not a number one goaltender. But if he can just be consistent and Brian Elliott can uh, can kind of be the 1A guy, they'll have a good goalie tandem, and that'll be their best chance to make a playoff push if they're getting adequate goaltending from both guys. Uh, they don't have a dominant starter. But if they can just have two adequate goaltenders, I believe uh, this team can really get something going. All right, so Neuvert, uh, yeah, I'm not the type to, uh, you know, go to the games and yell, shoot, you know, I get it. You don't want to shoot into someone's pads. You don't want to get your shot blocked, have it go the other way. Fully understandable. But nobody on this offense 
has a shoot-first mentality. Nobody. Giroux is starting to uh, take the puck to the net a bit and shoot more out of necessity. He does have a decent shot, and he scored the goal last night to get a, to get the game started. But all the overpassing and the overthinking just led to turnovers tonight. Turnovers killed them tonight. They had so many, um, not even scoring chances, but opportunities to create scoring chances where they over either overpassed or overthought and just skated themselves or passed themselves out of scoring position and just ruined their chances to create offense. And you have to take you have to take advantage of every opportunity uh, with a goalie like John Quick in there, uh, who played a very good game, got the shutout again. Uh, they just need somebody to take command and say, I'm shooting. Uh, Jordan Wheel did that quite a bit last year, and uh, last night he showed that ability to get the puck to the net. Uh, Travis Konechny has been doing it, but he is a uh, Konechny is a natural playmaker, even though uh, he has shown us he has a very good shot and can put the puck in the net. They need somebody to just grab that, uh, that shoot-first mentality and say, like, I'm going to be the one who buries this. I'm going to be the one who gets us on the board. Um, Jeff Carter, when he was here, uh, it was funny to see Carter, you know, get in on the, on the rush, make a nice move and uh, set up a goal. But you, you see Carter and you just reminisce about, yeah, we did get on him about those, uh, those high and wide shots and how they sometimes did careen all the way around and all of a sudden the puck would be at center and there'd be a race for it. But my God, I would kill for a guy with that kind of shot and with that kind of mentality that I can beat the goalie from here, top of the circle, outside hash marks, up high, bad angle down low, wherever. I bet I can beat the goalie with my shot. And that's uh, that's the kind of mentality somebody has to have on this team or they have to go out and find somebody who does have that mentality. Because you saw tonight this uh, this power play dependent offense, and it is a power play defendant offense, dependent offense again. Uh, they don't create enough at five on five, and they need somebody to uh, to just go out and make those plays and just try to create opportunities. You have a net front presence like Wayne Simmons. You have all these playmakers. You you have these guys. You can't take advantage of them without one guy who's going to fire away. And I thought, I think I tweeted tonight, maybe that was the reason for switching to that, uh, that high to low offensive system that they utilized so much last year was that uh, Shane Gostisbehere, Radko Gudis, Ivan Provorov, these guys are not afraid to fire the puck. And uh, maybe that was the whole thing. It was just that these the forwards aren't uh, maybe all that adept at, uh, at at shooting. So we're going to put it in the in on the stick of the of the players who are. And if they're on the back end, that just happens to be who it is. But uh, they just need to get more pucks to the net, create rebounds, create traffic in front, and get uh, just get some offense going at even strength. It's I don't see any other way to do it other than just shoot more and try to uh, try to create offense through volume. All right, so uh, I just saw something. Walk Among Us or Earth AD? Oh, walk Among Us. Not a, not a question. Mason was garbage last night for the Jets. It was time to move on from Mason. It just – I liked Mason for a time when he was here, but he was frustrating and uh, – I think the uh, organization saw Mason as a uh, high maintenance player, not worth the um, 
hassle. It's not even like he was a hassle. I just think it was... I think the relationship had just soured between the organization and the player, and it was time to move on. If he was, you know, if he was, if he was Marty Brodeur and he was high maintenance, that would be fine. But he is a average goaltender, like, and I'm not saying average is bad. I mean, he is a decent starter. He is. You can find him. They basically found him in Brian Elliott. Brian Elliott is the Western Conference Steve Mason. That's who he's been his whole career. Okay, uh, I'm going to get to some of your questions in a bit. Uh, when does AMAC get benched? Alex, I wouldn't count on it, man. Uh, they like AMAC. They're playing him first-line minutes with Ivan Provorov. I don't uh, – Let's. I want to see his TOI tonight. What did he end up playing? Uh, Andrew McDonald played 18-27 tonight. Uh, yeah. A guy playing almost 20 minutes a game, I don't see him. I just don't see him coming out of the lineup. They like him. He's not going to get benched. He's one of their guys. Uh, maybe down the line, maybe, you know, in the spring or next year, but I don't see McDonald getting benched anytime soon. When will we see Laterra? Um, maybe Laterra comes in for Dale Weiss at some point. Uh, when you look at the uh, – when you look at – the makeup of this team right now, I just don't see a spot outside of that uh, that third-line left wing where Dale Weiss is currently positioned uh, for Laterra. He has played some center, so maybe you get him in for Philpola or something like that, but I don't see... I don't see a place for him. You look at you look at the guys in the lineup and who's coming out. Uh, he was in a he was in a camp battle basically for the fourth line spot, but through you know 120 minutes of hockey so far this season, the Lawton Lear Raffle line has been their most consistent line. And like I said, I will give uh, props to Dave Haxtell continuing to put them out there in the third period. Uh, you're you're down a goal or two and. You're trying to create some offense, and you want your your top line players out there, the proven guys. But when the line generating the most pressure is that fourth line, keep getting them out there. Their speed is a matchup problem uh, for most teams, especially teams that are going to say, "Okay, we're going to put uh, we're going to put our best D pair on. We're going to put our best D pair on the Drew Voracek Couturier line." Uh, Carter was matched up on the uh, on the. Patrick line tonight. So they're going to, the fourth line, quote unquote, is going to be matched up with, uh, they're going to be matched up with bottom, with, with bottom six forwards and they have better wheels, uh, than most bottom sixes in this league. So it's going to be a matchup problem. So I don't really see, I don't really see a, a time for Laterra to get in there, except maybe if they want to try to replace Dale Weiss, try to get him some playing time in there. All right. Actually kind of surprised Reed wasn't claimed off waivers. Uh, he makes way too much for what he does. Uh, I would love, honestly, to see Reed get playing time over Weiss. Uh, I'll take Matt Reed over Dale Weiss every day of the week. I said it in post game last night. Uh, he is a better player than Dale Weiss. But it's just not uh, It's just not what they're doing right now. The organization's kind of moving on from Matt Reed. His contract expires after this season. He, he's got a you know $3.6 million cap hit. It's just not a uh, – it's just they're moving on from Matt Reed. But, yeah, I would absolutely take him over Dale Weiss at this point. Uh, let's see. 
Laterra. <laughs> we haven't seen anything out, out of Yuri Laterra to know if he's terrible or not. I know he was playing some frontline minutes for St. Louis, and if we can inject, if he's somewhat of the player he was a couple of years ago, he had a real bad year last year. But if we can have that in our bottom six, it could, um, it could be a nice, a nice addition to that group. But uh, he's an extra, and he was always a throw-in on this trade. The day of the trade. I believe, or maybe the day after, whenever Hex, whenever Ron Hextall spoke about the uh, Braden Shen trade, he talked about getting two first-round picks, being able to get back into the first round that night, and getting another one next year, and then said, well, yeah, there's a salary cap, and Braden Shen makes $5 million, so we kind of had to, you know, bring in something that matched, and uh, Yuri Laterra, I think it's 4.7 is his cap hit, so it was he was always a throw-in on this, just a contract we could absorb so that they could afford uh, to bring in Braden Shen and not be, you know, over the cap. Uh, I'd, I'd take Laterra over Weiss on that third line. He's better possession player. I would not mind seeing it. Uh, Saturday night in Anaheim, why not? He's a big guy. He's played top line minutes before. Uh, if you can get him out there, why not? Dale Weiss doesn't give you anything. He's uh, he actually came off the bench and basically tackled somebody tonight, uh, and that was the best play I've seen him make in orange and black. I'll say, get TK off the line with Philp and Weiss. I fully agree with that. Uh, Travis Konechny has looked dangerous through two games and uh, doesn't have a whole lot of help out there. If uh, this Giroux at wing thing, if they get away from that anytime soon, absolutely would love to see uh, Konechny up in that, uh, maybe on Giroux's line, figure something out with those guys. Okay, what do we got here? 11 yeah. Um, perhaps. I was so ready for uh, for Giroux, Konechny, Lindblom, man. I just wanted that so bad. With the players that are up, what's your perfect lineup? Huh. Hmm. I will come back to that. I will have to write it down and think about it. Um, let's see. Fourth line is having. Just as much. Need to make changes. Does Neuvert get the start on Saturday? And do you think Sanheim Moran will battle? Uh, We'll battle, battle will be over after Saturday. They have one more uh, road game, right? They're in – I can't remember the schedule. Are they in Nashville? They have one more road game after Saturday before they come home. Yeah, they're in Nashville next Tuesday. So uh, they could extend they could extend that competition all the way until they come home on Saturday, which is what I expect. Um I expect Moran to get in on Saturday, and then maybe maybe they both play on the next Tuesday. Who knows? Uh, it's it's going to be interesting to see what their plan is moving forward from here. Do I expect Neuvert to get the start on Saturday? I do. Uh, you don't want to overextend Neuvert, but Haxtell just really likes the guy. He does, and he played outstanding tonight. If the first two, uh, if starting the season on back-to-backs and splitting the starts was a way to see, okay, who are we going to go with early? Uh, I believe Neuvert um, won that little mini competition to have the um, the majority of the starts here early. Again, I expect Brian Elliott at, by the end of the year to have you know, 
a much bigger workload than Neuvert. But uh, Haxtell likes Neuvert a lot. He does. He just keeps putting him out there. <laughs> Lawton in the Shen spot instead of Philpola. This is something we talked about on Broad Street Hockey Radio, I believe, this week. Um, I wouldn't mind it. I just don't see it happening because um, – I don't see it happening because they just spent an entire year of Lawton's career last season telling him you are a role player. You will not be getting first power play time. If you, if, if you think first power play time in the NHL is who you are, you're not going to make it. You have to transform your game. You are going to be a, uh, you're going to be a penalty killer. You are going to be a role player. You are going to be a fourth line checker and credit Scott Lawton. He adapted and he, he, he altered his game and he, uh, He's using his skill and his speed in a way uh, that benefits him in that role. He's not just a skill player, you know, playing in a checkers role. He's he's adapted his game. So I don't think Lawton gets that uh, gets that look just because of how they basically had to break Lawton down and start over with who he is as a player. I just don't see that happening. Laterra has one year left, right? He has this year and next year. He's at 4.7 for this year and, excuse me, this year and uh, 2017-18. You think the whole G on left wing thing destroyed Lindblom's chances? (sighs) Kind of. Um... I mean, there would be one more spot for a left winger um, if uh, if if Drew wasn't at left wing. But it's also how badly they want Philpola to play center, which is strange. I don't know. They they just have a ton of forwards. They got to figure something out with this. I expect Lindblom up. Um, my prediction is right after Christmas. Claude Giroux got his call up on uh, December 26th, and I expect uh, Oscar Lindblom to follow a similar path. Uh, Do you think the Flyers add a top six forward this season into the mix, or is what we see what we get? That's a great question. Uh, I think it depends on – it won't be early. It will be closer to the trade deadline. Ron Hextall hasn't made a big move yet, but with uh, the number of prospects he has accumulated with two first-round picks next year, um, with just everything he has, if they are making a playoff push, he has all the assets necessary to go out and get a uh, to go out and get a top line or you know a top six winger. So it's definitely possible, but I don't see it happening you know, before the trade deadline, if this team is in it. If if this team is out of it in January, it won't happen because what's the point? But if if, if there's a move to be made that can help them make a playoff push, if they really believe they're in it, absolutely. He could could end up making that kind of a move. What about Moran? I think he gets in Saturday, and then we figure it out from there. Then on Tuesday, uh, that's the last road game before they come home. Does it seem like Gudis has struggled these first two games? It has. I am a Gudis guy. I like Radko Gudis a lot. Uh, I thought he showed tremendous maturity and development last season in uh, not transforming his game, but adapting his game so that he could remain aggressive, 
remain physical and not spend so much time in the penalty box and not spend so much time uh, on the phone with the Department of Player Safety. Uh, but he just hasn't – I don't know. It just – the uh, he hasn't been very good through these first two games. But I expect him to figure it out because he has been – he has been a good player uh, for the Flyers since he got here, so I expect him to figure it out. He's been a, he's been a good player for them, but no, uh, I, it's not just McDonald. I'm going to criticize not just Brandon Manning and Dale Weiss. I will absolutely criticize a player I really like in Radko Gudis. Radko Gudis has to be much better. Uh, that penalty he took last night was dumb. Tonight he just didn't really uh didn't do anything to help him out there. He fumbled a couple of pucks. I would I, I need to see more out of Radko Gudis, especially hey, it's not just the guys we don't like who are fighting for their jobs. They are going to try to figure out how to figure out this uh this blue line log jam any way they can. And getting back to the last question with uh, are they going to look to bring in a forward? If they are Gudis on a draft pick would be a nice little haul for another team. Gudis is still young. He's capable of playing in your uh, anywhere on your blue line. He's a decent enough penalty killer. He's got a good shot. I can see a team wanting to, you know, if you're going to bring in a top six forward, a first-round pick in Radko Gudis seems like a good haul for a team. So it's going to be anybody. Just say it one time. Pens 10-1. I said it in the beginning, man. 10, 10, 10. They went down hard tonight. As bad as tonight's game was for the Flyers, sucks getting shut out. Penguins losing 10-1 makes it a little easier. Lawton and Lear will be our PK leaders for many years. Hopefully, their, uh, their speed is a lot of fun. It reminds me of the old days with the Mike Richards penalty kill when we're not just looking to get through the two minutes. Uh, the Flyers are looking to, you know, pick off a D-to-D pass and take it the other way and kill the penalty in the other team's end of the ice. Uh, I, I really dig their chemistry. I really dig their speed, and they're fit for the role. It's been it's been good to see these last or these first two nights. I actually think it was good they sent Lindblom down, let him gain confidence, come up a couple of months much stronger. There's an argument for it, and it's Hextall's approach. Um if he goes down there and dominates and comes up and is a regular contributor for this team, we'll say it was the right move. There's no way Oscar's staying down for long. I agree. I don't think he's going to be down long. Uh, Lear is a top nine forward, bottom six foreigner. Ty Ten Chant. Oh yeah, man. I love I love NXT. I love BSH Radio. I'm really digging these post game hangouts. Thanks. Keep up the good work, guys. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna pump out so much content this year. You are going to get tired of us. Uh, if you're a Patreon subscriber, you've already seen. Uh, we do instant reactions to all the news of the day. Uh, Charlie and I hopped on, did an instant reaction together. Uh, when it came out that Sandheim and Moran were both scratched for game one, uh, when Matt Reed got sent down, we did a, 
I mean, it got put on waivers or whichever it was. Uh, we, uh, we, we did one for that. It's, it, we're going to pump out so much content for you guys. If you are looking for hockey content, and I know you are, it is hard to find. Uh, Dave Haxtell is up, but I have my TV on me. I, like, looked at the television, like, oh, what's Dave Haxtell saying? The TV's on me. I can't read lips. Uh, I'm sure it was something boring. Uh, all right, so do we have any more questions, guys? Uh, this it's not as it's not. I, I I said I didn't plan on doing as long of a post game as last night because it was kind of a. And it's uh, oh, did we reconnect? We did reconnect. It's late and uh, it's you know shitty loss, but um, you're not going to win them all. Starting the season with a win was good, and you know bounce back on Saturday. Two and one sounds really good. So uh, I want to thank. Thank everyone for joining me. Is the Misfits t-shirt for our defensive pairings? That's good. That's good, Jeff. Uh, I got to ask, what what do you think the number one struggle with this team? Right now, generating offensive five-on-five. It's It's been that way for a while. Uh, the D could be better, but overall, um, they haven't been terrible. I need to see more consistent scoring chance creation at five on five. Uh, I need more assertiveness in the offensive zone. I need to see somebody take command and say, I'm going to be the one to bury this puck. All this overpassing, overthinking just leads to turnovers, and they had a ton of turnovers wait, tonight. They lost this game because of turnovers. I, uh, it, was, it was frustrating to watch because they had their opportunities. was watching everything – Hack said, we know. I, yeah, I mean, you know. Power play, number one, Phil Powlong. Uh, I don't know who else they're going to try. Um, maybe Raffle, but they haven't ever seemed to like Raffle uh, on special teams at all, penalty kill or power play. So I don't know. There's only so many guys. They're only going to try left-handed shots. Um, we'll see. I they're they're also screwing with the power play a little bit. It's not um, it's not last year's power play. Philpola is in the Braden Shen spot, but he's not doing all the things Braden Shen did. Everyone's uh, they're messing around, uh, trying to be a little less predictable this year. So I think uh, in the beginning part of the season, it's going to be more of a feeling out process. But yeah, they were three for five last night, so it's hard to. The power play isn't going to be – you're not going to get two, three goals out of your power play every night. Do they need to be better than they were tonight? Absolutely, because this team is power play dependent. But that's their flaw is that when their power play doesn't click, they do not score, and, of course, they got shut out tonight. But that's been the problem for years. It's not just, you know, Valtteri Philpola. So you think Hex and Hacks look to trade after – a bit give younger guys some playing time eventually yeah do you have concerns about the team's size i don't um it's a speed game now uh they have enough guys who can uh who can create space out there they have big you know i mean who's a better net front presence power forward than wayne simmons uh jordan wheel and travis Konechny play a lot bigger than they are uh jake voracek is a lot bigger than pretty much everyone thinks he is uh Dale Weiss and Yuri Laterra are pretty big dudes. Uh, I, I don't really worry about the team's size too much. I want skill. I want guys who are going to move the puck and shoot the puck into the net. I don't care about size. Uh, 
Thanks for staying up late. Great chat. I'm up anyway. It's why I volunteered. I volunteered for the post game for these first three games because they're late. Uh, everyone else, you know, has lives. I'm kind of a I'm kind of a stay up late sort of person. So I said, sure, I'll absolutely take these first couple of post games. I love talking to you guys. What time is it in Philly? It is uh, 20 to 2 in Philly right now. Could they try Patrick there? I know they want him on number two. I would like uh, Nolan Patrick on the, in that spot a lot, but I am almost positive that he is right-handed. Uh, where are you? Yeah, Nolan Patrick is right-handed. And uh, they want that lefty for that um, – for that quick release shot that they used with Braden Shen last year. Uh, Charlie O'Connor actually asked um, Dave Haxtell that during training camp, I believe. Are you only trying lefties out in that spot? And he said, yeah, we, we want we want a left-handed shot there. And that's why I thought Oscar Lindblom was the, was the uh, heir apparent uh, after they traded Braden Shen. But it was not to be, at least yet. Uh, the thing with the Flyers being underway compared to is okay with me. Yeah, okay. Next pronger, Nikki. I like Sam Moran. I can't wait to see him. Chris Pronger is one of the greatest players in the NHL history. Since the 1940s, two defensemen have won Hart trophies. One was named Bobby Orr. He won like four in a row. And the other was Chris Pronger. Chris Pronger is one of he's a he was a first ballot Hall of Famer. He is one of the best players ever. Comparing anybody to Chris Pronger is setting yourself up for disappointment. Sam Moran will be a nice player for them. I fully believe that he will be a nice uh, shutdown defenseman, play a nice physical game. But comparing anyone to Chris Pronger, you are setting yourself up for disappointment. All right, guys. Uh, I think I'm going to wrap it up. That was a it was a fun chat. I, I I love staying up late with you guys. The Flyers after dark stuff is always fun. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. Um, I will be back on Saturday doing this all over again after the game in Anaheim. So please uh, come back, hang out, ask questions. We'll drink a couple beers together. And uh, yeah, all right. Have a great week, Philly. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.